All right, hey everybody, uh, welcome to Houston with a Problem, uh, another live stream. Uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, I made a few of you moderators, so hopefully you guys can keep in check if any trolls come in and start just spamming things about poop in my belly button again. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, so today and well, yesterday and after hours, there's been quite the short attack going on. Um, and it was revealed that it's pretty much all ETFs being shorted to oblivion. That's probably because you can short ETFs. Uh, it doesn't affect the SSR, the short sale restriction that, that goes on. And it's a real, like, it's like a last ditch effort of desperation when a short hedge fund does this. Because, you know, if you look at the Russell uh, 2000, that appears to be getting shorted to the, what, 400% or something. Uh, you know, there's a thousand shares or a thousand bits of fractional shares that make up one of the Russell 2000. So to get one GameStop share out of that, you got to short a thousand of those ETFs. So it's a complete pain in the ass. And uh, but it's effective if you want to keep shorting when there's a short sale restriction and you're not allowed to uh, borrow and sell. So. It drives, it's just continually just driving the price down. I mean, we lost, what, $100 in the last 24 hours on GameStop alone. Uh, so, you know, the, it's incredibly ballsy simply because uh, GameStop is moving from the Russell 2000 to the Russell 1000. And there are dozens of ETFs that, that calculate their balances based on what is in the Russell 1000. So GameStop's probably going to be added to a whole bunch of those uh, ETFs as well when that move happens, I think on the 28th. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to have a lot of stupid cojones to short all those ETFs two weeks ahead of when um, when that stuff is supposed to be rebalanced. So, yeah, that's kind of the take on ETFs at the moment. Um, there's lots of questions that got put into the chat here already. Uh, uh, let's see if I can scroll. It's so much easier to scroll now. I've got a wheel. I'm not on my little laptop with a screen that's this big. Okay. Uh, Apollo God, question delayed orders have been going around from anywhere to three days to indefinitely. Uh, can we please discuss this as I'd love to more, know, know more information about it? Yeah, so Citadel, 40% uh, of retail trades move through Citadel because they are the, um, uh, uh, how do I put it? They're 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 the. There's an article I pulled up here. Um, so this is from uh, uh, Financial Times from July of last year. So Citadel got fined seven hundred thousand dollars for delaying trades, and they they use market spread, um, just like Robinhood uses it, just like Webull, just like a lot of the the uh, retail trading platforms. Is they they wait for that market spread, meaning. You order something at $100, they find it for $99.99, and they keep that penny. Well, what was happening was someone would make an order, Citadel would delay their order, and then wait until they could find it cheaper, cheap enough, so that they could then purchase it and keep a larger profit. And they, uh, the SEC took a sample of 559 trades that passed through their system, and over 400 times Citadel had delayed for like days or weeks before they fulfilled the order, and that's um, well, it's a law. It's against the law. Monkey, please, that camera's gonna pick, or the microphone's gonna pick up all your licking. All right, um, and uh, uh, so they got a $700,000 fine, but probably made 
tens of millions of dollars off of it. So there's really no incentive for Citadel to not keep doing it. Uh, those fines just become sort of a cost of doing business for them, if that's the case. And uh, uh, that's, you know, that's 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 that uh, uh, spread that they work on, and all all of those trading platforms do it. But then Robinhood and others trade through Citadel to make these happen. So it kind of happens twice sometimes. Okay, so Jeremiah Frank, if GME gets too low, could they avoid being added to the new index? Uh, I don't know the exact rule on that. I think Russell Investments takes a snapshot, and the date I read was it was on May 7th of their market cap. And if their market cap was above $7 billion and change, then they get added to the Russell 1000 and someone else gets removed. Uh, they would have to short the stock down to probably well below $100 to get to that. Uh, I mean, they were at $21 billion yesterday. And uh, today they're, you know, they're still worth 14 billion, somewhere around there. So I think it, they have to short it a lot to uh, uh, get them not to be on the, the Russell 1000. So thank you, Jeremiah. This is uh, Cameron Mursa. Oh, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you, man. <clears throat> Someone's had a good question here in the pre-chat. Uh, um... Uh, XLC Zombie X. Um, any thoughts on the reverse repo reaching 534 billion today? That is nuts because it blew right past their uh, uh, regular their their own their own rules for how much they're allowed to dump into the reverse repo market. The cap was at uh, 500 billion, and they just blew right past that yesterday and today. The big issue is that Treasury is not currently issuing bonds to the market. And so as the bank gobble up these bonds and the reverse repos are when they go to a hedge fund that has long positions on these, these treasury notes and they say, hey, can I borrow these treasury notes? I'll pay you. And the hedge fund's like, all right. So the bank gives them cash, borrows the treasury notes and sells them for cash to the, uh, to the Federal Reserve who's trying to get money into the market, get liquidity, liquidity into the market. And the banks are, are counting on the fact that they think interest rates are going to go up and the price of bonds are going to go down. So they're, they're basically short selling these bonds. They're borrowing them and selling them to the Fed, thinking that they can go into the market and buy them cheaper at a later date to repay their loans. And if the Treasury isn't issuing new bonds, means hedge funds and others are investing in those bonds, so they don't have them. And if they don't have them there's none that the banks can then buy later and make a profit off of there's a scarcity and they're gonna get they might get short squeezed on this bond market and have to buy the bonds back at more than they sold them for to return their 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 uh, payment on their loans to close their positions so unless treasury starts issuing more more bonds we might see a squeeze on banks as a result of the treasury market, the reverse repo market. So the reverse repo market kind of depends upon treasury dumping bonds in here, Fed's taking them out over here and just kind of passing that cash around. Uh, but it looks like one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. And we might end up with a with an accidental squeeze on top of all this. So the reverse repo market is very weird right now. There's so much cash that's been dumped in in the last few months. And it, I mean, if you were to 
plot this, you'd think it was a trap or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's my current take on the reverse repo market. Jeff Dunford, uh, Jackson Hunter talked about the GME crypto dividend being the end game for the hedgies. Uh, what do you say about that? Yeah, so I did. Um, this is from Jeff. Thank you. I did uh, Jackson Hunter's show a few weeks ago, and I brought up the crypto dividend um, on that show, and he was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" And then I think the next day after that show aired is when uh, they found the the Ethereum network's uh, minting of a GME coin, which felt like a wizard. Um, the so here here's how the crypto dividend is absolutely diabolical and amazing. So when a hedge fund borrows shares to sell, they enter into a contract, a binding contract that says, I will pay interest on this and any dividends that come along, I will pay out of pocket and give to you. So if you borrow a million shares and you, you short sell them and then that company issues a dollar dividend on each share, the hedge fund has to reach into its pocket, take out a million dollars and give it to the institution from whom they borrowed the shares so they, they, they uh, get paid on that. Um, if you look at your statement, uh, if you borrow, if you trade on margin or anything like that, you'll often have synthetics in your account. And so, when you get your statement and it shows dividends, it will it will read on some of them will say dividend and payment, and others will say PIL, which stands for payment in lieu. And those payment in lieu's are when the hedge funds who borrowed your shares have to pay out of pocket to cover that dividend. Well, the thing is about a crypto dividend is that a crypto dividend is a non-fungible token, meaning it can't be counterfeited. So if GameStop issues a coin for every one of the 73 million shares they have, and there's, who knows, 200 million, 500 million, a billion shares out there, that these short hedge funds are required by law and by contract to pay the dividend to whoever owns that synthetic IOU, they can't do it. It's impossible. They can't, they can't, they can't reach in their pocket and find a crypto dividend and give it to somebody. Uh, so, what do they do? Well, they either failure fail to pay on that dividend, and they get margin called because that's what act, that's what has to happen, or they have to buy back as many shares as possible in time so that the institution they borrowed from or the individual they borrowed from can have the physical share in their account, and they'll receive the crypto dividend from uh, GME. It's what uh, Overstock.com did, uh, was it last June or July? They issued a crypto dividend and it stopped the short selling of their stock because the short hedge funds could not come up with a, a, a counterfeit crypto to replace that. So it's a, it's a really, really, really diabolical, awesome art of war type thing to do uh, when it comes to fighting a short hedge fund. It's, uh, it's brilliant. And I, I, I fully support it, and I'm so excited, and I hope, I hope they announce it tomorrow. Um, I think the date on the coin for being issued that, that popped up when they showed uh, the screenshot from the Ethereum network was for the 14th, so Monday. Maybe they announce it today, maybe they announce it on Monday, maybe they just get all the coins on Monday and they announce it later. I don't honestly know. So... Uh, when they do it, the short hedge funds are screwed. That's my my opinion on that. Okay, let's see here. Um, this is also XLC Zombies XLS. Yeah, Zombies SX. Uh, I also saw your tweet about June 18th concerning the open interest on corporate junk bonds. Are those puts being used to kick the can? Or, uh, uh, 
more or the puts being used as a hedge for market meltdown. I think they're being used as a hedge for market meltdown. Um, so those of you who aren't aware, uh, someone did some research and was looking for investments that Citadel and BlackRock had in common. And what they found was um, the HYG, which is a, an ETF full of corporate junk bonds. And it trades pretty even. It trades like $87 and doesn't really move beyond that, except when the market takes a huge dive. So last March, when the market dove, what, 37% in a matter of days, that uh, junk bond dove down to $60 from 87. And there is $4 billion in puts that uh, Citadel and BlackRock have purchased for next Friday um, on HYG. And if the junk bond drops $10, they stand to make $200 billion on that investment. And, you know, dumping $4 billion bucks into something is a big deal. So if they're willing to drop $4 billion into this, uh, uh, into puts on HYG, then they must think something's up next Friday that could, that could cause that uh, ETF to plummet like that. So I, I, I bought seven of them at $86 for the heck of it. It was like 77 bucks at the time. Why not? Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it's from Christopher Britt. Uh, thanks for the stream. Oh, thank you, man. Awesome. Uh, it's most helpful. Okay. Uh, mod check. I made a couple of mods in here at uh, Tropical TV, so hopefully they're they're doing their thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, my screen just reset. Okay, I got to scroll scroll back. Okay. What's an ETF? Uh, an ETF is a. Uh, uh, a share, sort of like a, how do I describe it? It's a basket of shares that are all fractional. So uh, whatever the goal of the ETF is, um, they'll take little parts of shares and they'll dump them into this basket and try to make uh, a fund that grows kind of consistently over time. And you can you can buy shares that are a ball of these fractional shares. Uh, they can be generated kind of artificially. So if you go out and you buy a whole bunch of the shares that are inside the ETF, you can break them all apart and make your own versions of these shares. Or you can uh, borrow a whole bunch of the shares and break out pieces you want to short and then short sell those, which I think is what's happening with a lot of the meme stocks, especially GameStop uh, the last two days. And um, But the shares that are made up of these ETFs are controlled by whoever created the ETF fund. And when they do things like recalibrate, you know, if, if GameStop goes up too fast, they, they want to slow down the growth rate of that fund because it might throw everything out of whack, make it too volatile. So they might change the, the uh, ratio of GameStop within it. Um, or if a, if a stock plummets and becomes worth pennies, they might pull it out and stick a different one in. So when these hedge funds have, have shorted the, the ETFs and they've broken out the piece that they want to short and they, you know, dump it on the market. If it gets recalibrated and the ETF decides to sell all these shares, well, the hedge fund who borrowed has to go on the market, find those shares and replace the pieces back into the little basket of, of stock. So m moving from the Russell 1000, 2000 to the Russell 1000 means that Russell 
may need to get those shares back so they can pull them out of their own investment and put them into the new one. And uh, yeah, so it's going to mess up a whole bunch of ETFs that all trade and, and calibrate their their um, funds based upon either in the Russell 1000 or not. Okay. <clears throat> My face is red. I'm burnt to shit. <laughs> I am so sunburned. I'm sorry. Uh, I was trying to... I can't find a way to color adjust this so that I can... Uh, make it look like my face is normal but man no i am i am sunburned i'm sorry ape escape it is it is torched and it is in is in pain okay my mic is a little hot uh sorry i i don't know how to adjust that i can't really hear it uh if i adjust here and okay my mic is muffled oh the other way okay is that is that working? I hope that's working. I might be bleeding out now. Um, come on, microphone, do your job. Let's see if that that does it. Uh, settings. Click on you. I click on that. Does that work? Is my mu microphone not muffled anymore? I adjust some settings. Hopefully that worked better. Okay. Cool. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I'm bouncing from one computer to the other, and all my settings are different on them. Okay. Uh, from Justin Wells, uh, what's your opinion on investors holding via Cash App? Uh, uh, Drive Wealth LLC, their brokerage, has terrible reviews and lots of red flags. Um, I bought some AMC back in January when they had stopped trading on the other ones because I could buy it through Cash App. I don't think cash app has the ability to limit trades so that's one problem that you have and it's it feels like one of those things like how a lot of europeans trade uh u.s securities where there's a holding company that will buy the securities and just kind of electronically associate ownership uh but it's not really like it's not a stock that's in their brokerage account that's the feeling i get from from cash app uh but it's also a way that a lot of people that that haven't traditionally traded have access to buying stocks so you know that it could benefit a lot of people that that don't have traditional access to those things and it might get really screwed up when it booms because i wouldn't doubt if they're trading uh using that spread and that high frequency trading that that others do and they may they may get margin called as well at some point i don't know but they didn't on the last uh the last round in january <clears throat> uh Another question from XLC Zombies X. Uh, you said the account has more than five hundred thousand could potentially be taken as insurance costs. No, that's not that's not what I meant. Um, your account is insured to five hundred thousand dollars. So if you got five hundred thousand dollars in cash in your brokerage account, uh, the government automatically insures it to that amount. And so if for some reason the brokerage goes belly up and that cash disappears, you'll get it back. Uh, my advice, and that's not financial advice. Um, is if you're making that much money cash in your account, I would quickly turn it over and buy more stock or more securities simply because uh, those securities will remain regardless of what happens with the account. But your cash over $500,000 uh, can be at risk. So uh, trade on multiple accounts. Each one of those accounts has the same insurance uh, and spread that stuff out. That's kind of what... 
what I what I would what I am doing. I've got uh, three brokerage accounts that I have stuff in, so that if things do go bonkers, or when they when they do go bonkers, and I end up filthy rich, uh, it's spread out. <laughs> All the eggs are in one basket. Okay. Let's see here. Um, okay. Now is the gain too high? Oh man. All right. Aloe vera. Yeah, I have. I have. I've been aloeing myself up like crazy. Oh shoot! I was supposed to look up microvision. Um, I looked up a little bit uh, on microvision. It's from Greg Jesse. Uh, it looks like they are heavily shorted, at least compared to other stocks in the market. So it'd be my guess. Uh, I think S3 said that they were in the top ten potential for a short squeeze. Um, and S3's data, you know, is always suspect because of the way Ehor uh calculates that um they changed their calculation last september so if you look at finra and in in gme you'll see the institutional investment is like 150 million shares that is twice the total number of shares in existence so you know that they're heavily shorted if that's what's being reported but if you look at s3 data it shows like 20 percent shorted and this is because the way S3 calculates that short data is they only count what's been borrowed, not what's been naked shorted. And what's been borrowed, they only count once. So if you borrow stock from one hedge fund or from one from one institution and you sell it, that gets counted as bar being borrowed once. If that share that was sold ends up with another institution and they lend it to somebody else and it gets sold, S3 deletes the existence of that first synthetic in their computer and only counts the second one even though both of them are still there it's a really weird way of calculating short interest i don't i don't get why they did that um Eeyore's kind of explained it a few times on twitter and each time i'm like i that seems like manipulating the actual data so i'm not sure why why they they do that okay Do I think the MOAS has to start with GME? Uh, also, this is from uh, Protege Sun. Also, uh, is the theory going around there's a real price the hedgies can see and we see a doctor price due to the manipulation? I saw something briefly on that doctored price, but I think the picture itself was doctored. So um, I don't trust that. I think there's a price the hedgies know that they can't survive. Uh, and that might be what, what they are seeing as like, you know, DEFCON 5 or whatever. Um, the MOAS, last week, I, I didn't know which way it was going to go. week before that, I thought GME was going to be the one. I think now with the crypto dividend being a real possibility, that GME is what's going to kick it off. Uh, the crypto dividend, again, is just absolutely diabolical. So uh, it, it it is like dropping a nuke on the short hedge funds. And I want it to be announced so bad um yeah just get the thing over with sell my shares get into a truck and drive around the country with my dog that's all i want to do all right buddy yeah okay lean back from mike okay i'm i am leaning too far i'm trying to get my posture right for everybody <laughs> i can't do this right all right turn the mic gain down turn the mic gain down all right Okay, is that better for everybody? Uh, I changed the mic gain a little bit. The microphone is completely being a jerk on me. Okay, 
Okay, does that work? Can I get a thumbs up from somebody in the chat saying the microphone is fine? Now I'm going to lean back. I'm not going to yell in the microphone. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, always on ask, can you, can't you just withdraw the cash and put it into the bank instead of the brokerage? Depends. Uh, there's the T plus two uh, for trading, which means if you sell a stock and you get cash for it, you don't have you don't have actual access to that cash for two days until everything's finalized with the clearinghouse. So um, the so you can't withdraw all your cash. Also, some brokerages have limits on how how much cash you can withdraw in a day. Uh, Robinhood has like 50,000. So if you make millions of dollars, you can only withdraw 50,000 a day. So it'd be a good idea just to invest all that stuff back into uh, more investments, uh, whether it's blue chips or crypto or Vanguard index funds or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that, you can't withdraw it all at once usually. So that's, that's kind of one of the problems. Okay. Um, let's go back to more questions here. Uh, broker TD Ameritrade will only use AMC stock towards margin. I'm up 10,000. Yeah, uh, most of the brokerages adopted rules that the meme stocks, the GameStops, AMC, things like that, you have to have a three to one ratio of assets to uh, margin to be able to, to do trades with that. So because they're so volatile right now. They don't They don't want to, uh, if you have $100 of stock, they don't want to give you $100 of margin if the next day that $100 could be down to 25 bucks. And all of a sudden you over leverage and they got a margin call of their customers. So that's why they set these rules up for uh, uh, long positions with these meme stocks because they're just, they're just so up and down right now. Uh, GameStop lost a third of its value in the last 24 hours. So. They're so susceptible to short trades, and that could cause margin calls across all of their their retail accounts. And you know, if they lose their customers, they don't have a, a business anymore for the brokerage. So, I think they set up those safeguards as a result. Uh, <laughs> Megs, if he's as blind as I am, he can't lean back. That's basically what it comes down to. This, the writing is so small. I'm old and I can't see. And uh, maybe I can move the microphone back for me a little bit. I don't know. All right. It's from Richard Must. What stops hedge funds uh, from pushing us down forever? Did you know someone made a video about you that went semi-viral? Very uplifting. Oh. I saw a couple of uh, of like weird little pump videos that that I was remixed in, which is odd for me to see at any time. I never expected in my entire life to be put into a stoke video and remixed uh what can stop the hedge funds from putting pushing us down forever is the the big two rules that are coming the o2 and o5 rules and uh the the possibility of this crypto crypto dividend happening i think can really really make them stop flattening that curve and making making it last forever and uh the short hedge funds I mean, this is a little conspiracy-wise on my part, but I wouldn't doubt if the short-selling 
getting a whole bunch of cash for it and taking that cash and putting it offshore somewhere so that when they do get margin called, they'll have a nest egg, some golden parachute sitting in the Cayman Islands or, or Aruba or wherever and uh, that's not touchable by their brokerage or by the DTCC or by uh, the feds. Because, you know, I think they see the writing on the wall just like we do, that, that these short hedge funds are toast. And, you know, you want you want to have some, some stuff stuffed in the mattress in case all of it in your account vanishes, right? So I don't think it can last forever. I, th I think that there's writing on the wall at some point that, that this stuff is going to going to end <clears throat> do I think the crypto dividend kicks off both or just GME I think the crypto dividend uh, kicks off everything personally if if GME forces margin calls of these big hedge funds they have to liquidate their assets and if they have to liquidate their assets it causes all their other short positions to go into margin so anyone else that they're, that they're short on they now become obligated to buy that stock back so we might see a chain reaction across 100 or more stocks that all start to squeeze as a result of one of these uh, meme stocks, you know, mooning. I, I am, I am fully, fully believe that that's going to happen. This <clears throat> uh, so is sitting bull. My thought is that they are planning for a gamma that they will let run and then have a planned exit point. And declare that molas has occurred again. I th I think it's possible. I think that was kind of their their goal with AMC last week was let that gamma squeeze push it up to a certain point and then say oh it's all over folks when they never actually covered anything because that was the options market having to go buy a bunch of shares to cover all those calls. Um, so yeah they they'll, they'll try anything they'll they'll they're spinning the announcement during the uh, GME shareholders meeting yesterday that GME got contacted by the SEC to provide documents on uh, the sale of their stock. And GME explicitly said, this has nothing to do, like it's not, they're not investigating us. And uh, uh, all over the news media today, they're like, GME, GameStop's under investigation for stock manipulation. And, you know, that's, that's those are lies. They, someone else is manipulating the stock and the SEC just wanted that, that data. So, you know, they'll, they'll spin anything they can to, to trick us or trick the public and get sell-offs and everything like that to drive the price back down. <clears throat> okay. Um, did I see ORF today? Uh, one point is up 1,000%. I don't know what ORF is. Let's, let's consult the little doodad here and open that up. And search for ORF. I don't know what ORF is. ORF zine. That's uh, three up three hundred percent. It looked like it pumped real high, made it to seventy bucks, and then crashed again. That's crazy. What the heck is seven million volume? Uh, reached a fifty-two week high today. Huh. Orphazine. I don't know what those guys are. My guess is it's pump and dump by somebody or something similar. I'll have to look into that a little more. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, Ramrod, do you know how index funds will handle GME during the squeeze? I have no idea how index funds will handle it. Uh, most of the big index funds, like the Vanguards, they just have every single solitary stock that's traded on an exchange, and that's what you're buying into. So, you know, the the piece of GameStop is so tiny, I don't think they, they, they consider a, a moonshot that would equal the value of that entire fund all at once. Um, so I'm not sure how, how, how those big index funds will handle it when, when it goes bonkers. My guess is we might see an offset because those index funds also are made up all these blue chips, right? And if the blue chips get sold off by these margin calls, they get liquidated, then they flood the market and the price drops. So these index funds might see the blue chips drop while GameStop and the meme stocks skyrocket, but in the end, it's it's even across the board. Eh, I don't know. That's that's one of those things that will be fun to watch when it happens. <laughs> okay. Can they secretly cover, uh, prevent the squeeze through order delays? That is an interesting concept. Uh, I don't know. Simply because if Citadel gets margin called, they've got no control. They've got 24 hours to, to cover, but after that, if they don't cover, um, the brokerage liquidates everything until they're covered. And so they lose the power to uh, do those trades. Those trades go into a different trading computer. So... I don't know if they can if they can secretly cover to prevent the squeeze if the squeeze happens. They might have 24 hours to freak out and do what they can, but after that, it's going to be in someone else's hands and they won't have the power to do it. So, Apollo God, that's what I think would happen. Theoretically, does a margin call kick this off? Um, I think a margin call could be the chain reaction. What kicks it off might be... Um, uh, Sorry, this is from Stu2131. Uh, I think a margin call might be what is the result of it being kicked off. And then it snowballs from there. It just, it's like a chain reaction. It just keeps going like a little nuclear explosion. Easy E. Uh, indulging conspiracy about offshore accounts. What kind of signs might we see that the hedgies are planning their, their uh, productive exit? Um, well, when we, uh, when uh, uh, we read about the, the repo market and rehypothecation that Citadel was doing, we saw that it was being dealt with financially from offshore accounts. So they already have a whole bunch of money offshore that, that is investing into this market. And, you know, 40% of the U.S. market is foreign investment. How much of that is offshore that's actually U.S. dollars that have been put offshore to invest in the market? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, my guess is probably a lot. Um, and I mean, think, think about if you've got certain doom on your, on your side, right? You're a hedge fund. You've got a whole bunch of millionaires and billionaires that, that trusted you to do the right thing and make them a bunch of money. And you are currently losing them billions of dollars in a market that just keeps growing, growing, growing. Your billionaires are losing their, their net worth. Uh, I would, I mean, if I'm a criminal asshole, I would take all that cash, stick it offshore. And then when... You know, you get called because you're a limited liability company. You go, oh, well, uh, we don't have it. Sorry, guys. And then, you know, fuck off to the Bahamas and go hang out with a bunch of babes or something. That's that's probably a great plan B, especially if the doom is on the horizon. Uh, thank you, EZ. Uh, Obama prism. Um, 
what do I think about the share count? Uh, I AMC announced that you know you had to do the math, but it was that 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 500 million shares. 80% of the shares are owned by retail, and that was 492 million, which is much more than 80% of their total shares. Uh, so I think that was their way of like winking and saying that there's a whole bunch of synthetics out there that need to be covered at some point. And then I don't think GameStop gave a count on their vote, did they? I don't. I read the. I wasn't there for the for the actual meeting, but I read the transcript, and I don't think I saw anything in there about uh, their share count. Um, and what the vote total was. So my guess is it's way more than the 73 million that, of shares that exist. But then again, AMC made a point to, to uh, uh, say that there's a whole bunch of foreign investors that can't participate, they can't vote, and that they are a significant portion of uh, the ownership. So if you're in a European country or Asia, you might not actually have the ability to vote on those shares most of the time. So uh, there could be a significant undercount as a result of that. <clears throat> okay <clears throat> uh, whoa dude says I actually have a gut feeling we're going to see some good things this month my my uh, big fat gut is telling me that next week could be absolutely bonkers especially if a crypto dividend gets announced I'm I want I want nuts I want fire and fury <clears throat> okay do 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 Oprah was under investigation for securities fraud since uh, May of last, since 18th of last month. Oh, interesting. Wonder what caused them to kick off to 70 bucks. That's crazy. Okay. Um, able to deposit 10,000, get more GME today. Man, way to go. Way to go, Dr. Dossier. All right. Do I think the hedgies have a chance to prevail uh, taking AMC to zero? No, AMC is not going to zero. They, they're going to pay off their debt and people are going back to the movies and they've got so much brand recognition now as a result of this squeeze that they're, they're not going to zero. They're, they're here to stay. And uh, if, if the stock keeps climbing as it started last week, you know, the market cap is going to be so big that it won't be able to be ignored for a while. So, you know, the post squeeze price probably in the twenty dollar range, twenty five dollars, because that's just kind of where it sat when the theaters were, were a little healthier pre COVID. But I don't. There's not a chance in the world the hedge funds drive it to zero anymore. Too many retailers refuse to sell, and they'll never be able to cover. Okay. After borrowing six months now, uh, they've been putting a lot away to use during the MOAS. Also, what are your thoughts on the DTCC getting named as part of the manipulators in, uh, in the Apex lawsuit? It's from Protege Sun also. Um, yeah, the the DTCC is named as a, a part of the reason why retailers got sort of kicked out of um, trading for the meme stocks back in January 28th when the, the baby squeeze happened. And... Yeah, the, the DC, DTCC is shady as heck. They've, they've been named in multiple lawsuits over the years over stock manipulation, over uh, naked short selling, and somehow they avoid every single solitary time from ever having to divulge evidence or show the court, uh, the trading computer, and the central computer where the stocks are held. 
So I don't know how, I don't know what kind of magic they do to, to do that or what kind of power they have, but they seem to have some sort of like nod and a wink immunity to ever having to testify or provide evidence in any of these cases. Um, yeah, so you, I'll be interesting to see what happens with this case because it's much more in the public eye than anything else has ever been. And, you know, all of us are essentially uh, uh, claimants in this case. So, you know, it's it's we'll probably get postcards in the mail asking us about how much stock we tried to buy and what we owned and how, you know, where Robin Hood touched us badly on our bodies. So, um, yeah, it's the DTCC, I think, is realizing that 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 the writing's on the wall for a lot of these guys. And I wouldn't doubt if they just roll over and give up half of their membership and uh, let them just kind of be obliterated and let the others take over. Okay. <clears throat> Stephen Morgan, what about the fallout from this? How bad do you think it will get and what the possible effect on the market as a whole? I kind of talked about this a few times. Uh, I I think that the general market, the, the, the stable part of the market, will take a big crunch uh, as the assets under management get liquidated. Uh, as these assets um, tumble, uh, that's our opportunity because we're going to be getting piles of cash for selling our, our meme stocks. That's our opportunity to buy these things for, for a deal. And then, you know, a month or a few weeks later, uh, those those blue chips will be right back where they were before. So um, I think if we play both sides of it, we stand a good chance. That's my, my plan anyway. That's what I want to do. Okay. Run blue. My July 18th $40 call was up 800% last week, but now it's down 200% uh, in the short tech week. What strategy for options now? Man, uh, <laughs> these short techs are, are relentless and they're really driving it down. I, I was stoked when my $15 calls were worth $1,700 all of a sudden. I was like, yeah, I'll sell it. I got some bills to pay. And then the next day they're worth $7,000 and now it's you know down again. Um, man, those options at this point, if I have any 18th calls, I'm just going to hold on to them because I think next week's going to be bonkers personally. So tomorrow, tomorrow might be, might be a big day because I don't know how many more ETFs they have available. They can short, uh, and all those stocks are going to be on SSR. So if they don't have any ETFs available, they can short, they're going to have to naked short. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they can get away with that necessarily. So we might, we might see a, a green day tomorrow. And if it goes green enough, we might see gamma on Monday and Tuesday as a result, because all these option houses wouldn't expect that the stock would close at 60 bucks or whatever it might be. So we might, we might uh, benefit tomorrow as a result. I thought the, the short hedge funds were going to wait until tomorrow to do their short attack. So I'm kind of surprised they did it today. This is from Citadel. <laughs> Thoughts on Rory Kitty's 21-day FTD cycle happening tomorrow or Monday since the last cycle was May 13th, both AMC and Jimmy. I thought the last cycle was uh, the 20, like 27th. But then again, you know, there's different... Every Friday launches another 21-day cycle if a whole bunch of options go on the money. So uh, if there's another one next week or tomorrow, cool. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, uh, that's the type of stuff that... that it's really hard to short attack when the option houses need those shares to uh, cover the obligations. And they, you know, they have to buy, get like, was it, if 
AMC finishes at 50 bucks or something tomorrow, it's 40 million shares they've got to find. That's a lot. That's a lot to make up for. Okay. Don't expect immediate crypto dividend. Yeah, that's from uh, uh, Jock Thompson Jr. Tams uh, Tamson Jr. Uh, I agree. Um, it's it's first. It's going to be challenging to get everybody a wallet that they can they can have that crypto coin. And if it's minted on the Ethereum network, you know there's a few wallet options. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how they would they would uh, distribute it because um, you know you have boomers and you have other groups that might not necessarily be familiar with crypto and how are they going to get that coin? How are they going to maintain that wallet? So maybe GME makes a, a crypto wallet on their website and this assigns us to that wallet. And I don't know that that might be a, a way to do it. And, you know, the crypto coin is useful on their website. If we can buy a keyboard or a video game with it. Cool. The other cool thing about crypto dividend is, you know, GME could have minted a billion of them. And, you know, they only offer this one one coin for one uh, uh, share, right, for 73 million shares that exist. And so then 73 million coins are out in the market all of a sudden. Well, after a while, those 73 million coins might be traded on Crypto.com, on Coinbase, on Polynex, and things like that. And so if, if GameStop gets shorted again, they could do another crypto dividend, but this time, you know, the the ability for the shorts to buy that crypto coin, that token, off of one of these uh, 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 trading platforms uh, will mean that if GameStop needs to raise cash, they can actually sell the coins rather than stock or anything else. So it's a great way to like raise capital in the future. Okay, uh, this is from uh, Theme Fan Win. Uh, I hope it's at Thien, Thien, Thien Win. Um, do you think AMC will go back a little tomorrow? I think tomorrow we'll see some green. Uh, I don't know how many ETFs they have available that they can keep shorting. So um, my, if I if I were a betting man, which I am, I would bet that we that we see those meme stocks go green tomorrow simply because people want to just want to they see it as a deal and they want to buy. Uh, True Trading Corp. Thank you so much. Uh, Michael Turner. Uh, so if there's a share count for AMC is 160 million more than the float, how can we uh, make that affect the share price? Who enforces the law against them uh, blowing up a share count and driving down the price like that? That is a good question because that should be the SEC doing that. And maybe they are. Uh, we saw that GameStop announced that they were asked to turn over documents. Maybe AMC and other, other of these meme stocks have also asked the same. The SEC for the past four years has been incredibly um, understaffed, so it's really hard to regulate and do your job when you when you're spread thin. And you know, it, it was probably pretty demoralizing to be understaffed like that for so long, and see so much malfeasance go uninvestigated and unprosecuted. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're they're getting a new morale boost. Maybe uh, uh, things are getting better, but. I would hope that if if it's not enforced now, that after the squeeze, there's some sort of post mortem where they go back through the records and they've got a whole bunch of forensic accountants and 
and investigators that go through and say, ah, okay, now that this company's dead, we can go through all the paperwork just fine and we can see exactly what they did to get us here. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that at least happens, if not sooner. So thank you, Mike Turner. Uh, do I think future future shares will be blockchain? Yes. I think post this squeeze, this big correction that will happen as a result, uh, they may have to adopt a blockchain for all of the shares trade on the stock market just because this naked short selling is out of hand. And the only way to keep that from happening is uh, to assign a blockchain so we can physically see what account this share has been in and where it's gone and who owns it. So that that is probably the 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 best method forward in the future is to is to blockchain all the all these stocks. There's no reason they they exist in a, in a computer as an electronic file. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to assign you know a, a four thousand ninety six bit encryption or whatever to each and every single one of those things and keep track of everything. So let's do it. CD, thank you so much. Uh, Deborah Evans. Uh, thank you for your work. I'm invaluable to the community. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. I got my family sweating on a short attack today. I can imagine, Ian. Uh, I mean, they, they, it was long and sustained and plotting. That thing just went down, 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 down at just a really smooth uh, slope. So I can, I can imagine the that just seemed relentless, but it's, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors from the hedge funds. As far as I'm concerned, do I see prison in the future for some of these guys? I don't know. Uh, when the economy collapsed in 2008, um, the only person who went to jail was Bernie Madoff. That's because Bernie stole his money from a bunch of rich people. <laughs> so, you know, if they're stealing from, from the poors like us, they never seem to actually go to prison. But if they steal from their rich friends, that's when they get busted. I guess we'll see uh, how much they stole from their rich friends. And if it was a lot, then some of them might see prison time. But the SEC fines are so toothless. You know, you, you delay trading and you cost your customers a whole bunch of money. You find $700,000, which is a drop in the bucket. That's... It's like an intern salary at a place like Citadel. So, you know, you'll, you, you will make that mistake in that crime over and over and over and over again if you come out on top in the end. And uh, True Trading Group, thank you again. That is that is most awesome for the Truck is Broken Fund. <laughs> Which, yeah, my truck is hosed. I'm now fighting with the warranty on the company to try and get that thing, the new engine, because it made it a year and 11 months and then threw a rod and now it's a big giant paperweight but I'm back I'm back from the desert sunburnt and two thousand dollars lighter from U-Haul okay um <clears throat> they can shorting it solved by settlement possibly yeah that's from uh, Viper uh, there, there may be some sort of settlement that that they gets hammered out um, simply because I mean if you think about it if there's a billion shares that have been generated for GameStop and it hits $100,000, that's $10 trillion that has to be covered. And that is, that's a ridiculous amount of money. That's a lot of cash. There's, you know, there's only $19 billion in cash in the world. Um, so that, you know, and if that gets multiplied across all the other meme stops, we're looking at just trillions and trillions. I mean, if, 
the stocks go for millions of dollars. You might be looking at quadrillions of dollars that are needed to cover this whole thing. So, you know, I don't, I don't want the government to step in. I want the market to do its thing, but the government might step in just because not that much money exists in the world. So, mm, there might there might be some sort of settlement that 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 uh, comes out of that. How do I roll my options about to become worth nothing tomorrow? Uh, you might just dump it for a few cents, and that might be what you get out of it. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. After Moas will Citadel become a majority stockholder? No, Citadel probably won't exist. That's from Honda Jesus, Honda Jesus. If if Citadel gets margin called into oblivion and they get just have to sell off all their stocks, they they'll be bankrupt. They won't exist. So um, they there's gonna be no chance for them to become a, a stockholder because all those options that they have that they never exercised, those get sold off. And they don't get to to win that bet. They've got tons of those options, and the only way they can benefit from them is if they exercise them all. And we might see them exercise it before the MOAS, uh, simply because that pushes the entire burden onto uh, the options market, and they've got to find all those shares to cover. So, you know, if if the margin call happens before they execute, then they're screwed. If the margin margin call happens after they execute, then uh, uh, they're they're rocking and rolling so yeah that's 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 mm. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> it's a good question it's a very very good question uh sean mahaffey Mah i said that right mahaffey uh thank you so much and uh uh true trading true trading group you are a saint thank you so much that is wonderful um yeah the truck truck needs lots of help I, I got to figure out a way like because field season is happening now and I've got to get out in the wild and do all sorts of rock stuff. And uh, right now my, my 1989 Oldsmobile Aurora is not designed to um, do a mountain road at all. Okay. <clears throat> do I have any estimates on how long the GME and AMC squeezes might last? This is from Protege Sun. Uh, any ideas how the breaker switches will affect it? I, I've sat and thought about this quite a bit. Um, the, you know, when the price spikes because these margin calls are happening, or or uh, there's a huge buying pressure from the option side from a gamma squeeze, and and trading stops. Well, that trading stops for what five minutes before it picks up again, and uh, it puts a huge pause in uh, trading of options because the price of options depends on. Uh, depends upon volatility. So if the price is spiking really high, those options are worth a ton because it's really volatile. And then if trading stops and the price stays the same for five minutes, the volatility drops on the price of those options. And you know, as the price skyrockets again, then the, then the options prices take off once more. Uh, the We might see as a result of the circuit breakers, you know, it might take days alone to reach an initial peak uh, to where the, the short hedge funds have been drained of their funds. And that's on to the banks and the insurance companies and and uh, the the DTCC. And even then, you know, we might have uh, multiple spikes in between. Uh, on on Reddit, somebody got mad at me for saying I'd sell my first share at 100,000 bucks and then try to sell on the way up and perhaps on the way back down again. Uh, and they're like, why, why are you doing that? And I said, because... 
they can only buy stock when they have got the money to buy stock. And if we have these multiple layers of, of essentially uh, uh, insurance and, and, and uh, redundancy that will take over once the hedge funds are done, those groups will run out of cash each step along the way. And the buying pressure might dry up until the next group steps in to, to fulfill the obligation. So we, we can see, you know, spike because there's gamma, spike because there's uh, margin calls, uh, spike because the banks are taking over, spikes because of insurance, spikes because of um, the DTCC and the clearinghouse, spikes because the Federal Reserve starts, you know, spinning up the printers. Uh, and, you know, if, 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 if the banks have, let's say, $100 billion across all of them to buy this stuff up, so they're buying, 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 because that's their obligation to cover for all these hedge funds that had margins under them. Uh, and they, they buy, 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 well, they run out $100 billion. It's gone at, I don't know, let's say 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and there's still an hour and a half in trading, and the price is so high that there's zero buy pressure because none of the retail is going to buy a stock at ten, fifteen thousand, hundred thousand dollars, and you know we might see this the price just plummet, just absolutely just crater, and over the rest of the trading day and perhaps through a good chunk of after hours before the system is set up to give the next group along that chain uh, enough cash to start buying again. So the next day we might see it climb, 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 climb all over again, and. Uh, uh, you know, we could we could probably see multiple spikes over many 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 days as a result. So, I think it, I don't think they finish it in under a week. I think it'll probably last longer than that before they get it all covered. Uh, Max Greenwell, um, right overstock case might still be open because judges allowed suing uh, the fund to file amended complaint and drag it out. If true, big deal. Um, people sue for stuff all the time. I get sued. <laughs> my my stalker likes to point that out. But you know what? It, most of the time, those lawsuits just fade away into nothing. Um, you you are allowed to set a dividend as anything you want. If you want to, if GameStop wanted to make their dividend, you know, ten pounds of Copper River salmon for everybody, they can do that. If they want to make it hats that all say GME, they can do that as well. You can make you can make anything a dividend. You can make a dividend as uh, options. So if you can say, you know, if you own five shares of stock, you have the opportunity to buy another share from the company and and no one else gets the, gets this deal so you can you can do all sorts of things with these with these dividends so there's the lawsuit probably lots of technicalities they probably afforded fantastic lawyers who can just inundate the court with thousands of documents and they've got researchers and all sorts of people in there uh, uh messing with it so it's a uh, you know some lawsuits are valid other lawsuits are just ways of wasting time and i think this is one of those because Overstock can offer whatever they want as a dividend. <clears throat> Sub-zero. Uh, please explain why they can't sh keep shorting regardless of how many we buy. We already own more than the mathematically possible, yet they're still shorting. What do we have to do? To f what, what, what do they have to fear? Um, yeah, they're, they're like backed against a corner, and I think they're just naked shorting at this point. There's no stocks. They're, they're, they're selling more stocks than there are available to borrow. So... You know, we we own it. We're not necessarily selling. They're obviously creating synthetics, and uh, I think flooding the market with those. And they, they'll they'll do it until they they can't anymore. Until someone finally steps in and puts a stop to it. Uh, it's like, you know, 
driving on a desert road in, in Nevada, Arizona, you can go as fast as you want as long as there's not a cop around. And even then, if you're faster than the cop, what are they going to do? <laughs> right? So uh, you can get away with breaking the law as long as there's no teeth behind the enforcement. And I, I think that they've gotten away with it for so long that they just, maybe they think they'll get away with it forever, or maybe they're doing all the short selling now to get a bunch of cash to, to squirrel away somewhere. I don't know. Uh, what's the amount needed to fix my truck? Oh man, that's uh, hopefully the engine's free because it's under warranty. But it was last time I got to put a new engine in there from this one was like five grand. That would that that really sucked. But at least it, at least it was over winter when I could get it fixed before the the mining season. Uh, this time around, trying to get it done during the mining season is is just awful. So yeah, true trading. It's Hopefully the warranty will cover that labor, but I may have to pay for it first before they reimburse me. And uh, ugh. I don't know. I was looking at a there's a four wheel drive van on an auction website that that is really piquing my interest. But that's you know might have to might have to change the war rig out for a new one. War rig 3.0 at this point. But yeah, so so that's that's where we are. That's the life of a geologist. Game okay, C issue a special popcorn dividend. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they can say if you're a shareholder of AMC, here's a coupon for free popcorn. They're totally allowed to do that. It's kind of hokey, but you know, the thing is, the short uh, uh, hedge funds can probably get gift cards for free popcorn from AMC and repay repay their debts that way. It'd be better if 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 AMC had a crypto, crypto dividend as well and that was good for movies or something. That would be brilliant. Exactly, pressured sacker, not a crime unless you get caught. <laughs> Okay. Ali Bombali Bombali. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you think uh, tomorrow, Friday, the price will drop more as uh, trading closes? Uh, I, th I personally think that, that, that um, tomorrow we might see some green. I can't imagine they have more ETFs available that they can short. They might, they might have a whole treasure, treasure trove of them, but there's only so many uh, shares available in those in those ETFs because ETFs make up what four or five percent of the available shares and I think they blew through that already I could be wrong they, they might have some magic tricks up their sleeve but I think we'll see a little bit of green tomorrow and if if we see a steep green then we might see some gamma squeeze begin as uh, the price goes above the expected close for those uh, options <clears throat> Same man, I never comment normally, but can you uh, comment on the five, 55 million GME voting count opinion? Was that how many votes? I didn't read exactly what it was. Uh, that's a lot. That's basically all retail voting. And, um, you know, there's, what, 15, 20 million in uh, insiders. I and mean, they voted as well, so they can have those count. But um, we couldn't get any of the foreign investors, or not any of them, but a large portion of the foreign investors had no ability to vote on this. So that played a huge role because there's a large number of foreign investors in the stock. Uh, I mean, half, half of this comment board is probably made up of Europeans that are, should be in bed right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Where did I just lost my comment thing? Just, Okay. Um, 
Herbie D, which stock GME or AMC do I think is going to climb higher percentage-wise when we squeeze, and why? Uh, I think GME will be higher, simply because there's fewer shares, and it seems like more of their float uh, uh, as a percentage has been shorted to oblivion. So I'm, I'm going with GME on that one. Yeah, okay. My friend just messaged me on another thing for me to uh, uh, scroll up on the Super Chats. Oh, Matthew Timmons. <laughs> Jesus saves. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> uh, my friend Matt is like the Shiba Inu master. So if you, you want to talk Shiba Inu with him, he'll talk with you all day about it. Okay. Susie Che. Uh, thanks for wisdom and sharing. If Apes own Z Float, uh, can apes choose which exchange to buy shares from instead of dark pools? Can apes petition? Um, the dark pools are such a weird... I, I have a hard time even understanding how the dark pools operate. Uh, I think they're being used in a couple of ways. One, there are special deals that are made between institutions and hedge funds that you know so-and-so is going to buy a whole bunch of shares at this price from these guys, and they do some sort of swap off the market that gets reported later. So it it it, it doesn't have, it has nothing to do with buying pressure. It's kind of like, you know, you can buy your car uh, at the car dealership and you see a whole bunch of cars, you know that's where you go to buy them, or you can buy it from some guy who's got a sign on his car on the side of the road uh, and not go through any of those brokers. Um, and then the dark pools, the, the over-the-counter market is often used also to uh, relieve buying pressure. And it appears that these hedge funds generate naked uh, or synthetic naked shares and they high frequency trade them back and forth. And it's a way of reducing buying pressure on the main market as well as uh, uh, sort of falsely covering their positions. So they can say like, oh, I have access to all of these shares over here that can cover what I owe to these guys over there. But in reality, the shares that are over here are fake. And they're synthetic, and they're not the real thing. Um, S3 announced today that that they think that the shorts had borrowed a whole bunch of shares and used those borrowed shares to pay off somebody else um, on that short interest, and that really the short interest didn't actually change, even though it was announced that you know 1.8% of AMC was covered by the shorts. They think that it was really you know it stayed the same because those were synthetic shares that were generated to pay that off so but yeah that's the dark pool is a weird place and it's dark and it's a pool to <laughs> uh, trading group you are fantastic thank you okay let's scroll down here um this is from get real houston do you think our buys are delayed for 10 days oh man i don't know uh, because so much of um, our of retail trades go through Citadel, and Citadel has a history of delaying those things, it's very possible that that they're sitting on that stuff before they actually execute those trades. Um, I I honestly don't know. I I I'm sure we'll find out after this is all over how much they screwed us on that. Um, there'll probably be documentaries and all sorts of things that that are published on it. Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, 
who was it that's named in that in the Apex lawsuit? It's uh, uh, Interactive Brokers, Robinhood, Citadel, the DTCC, Schwab, and someone else. A couple others in there. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if all of them did it to like save some money because the fines were so small. You might as well. It's a good question. Good question. Uh, resident flea. I used to after after yesterday's ETF situation. Uh, do you have a timeline when we can expect the squeeze to happen? I keep thinking it's going to happen any day now. Um, I think the squeeze has a very real ha chance of happening if that crypto dividend is announced. If rule two, which I think is the twenty first, supposed to go in, and Sunday was supposed to be rule five. Uh, but it got taken off the website for formatting and you know it hasn't popped up popped back up yet so who knows when that's when that's going to go into effect uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that next week starts to be a little bonkers and as a result of that um, we start to see serious gamma squeeze we start to see uh, possible margin calls happening uh, let's this month this month's got so many things like uh, Confluating, confluence, confluencing, confluence of things. What word do I want to use? I'm an English major. Uh, that that you know, it's very possible that we can start seeing stuff go bonkers this week. Ramrod, geology question. Am I familiar with the Randall Carson's theories about shaping the landscape Pacific Northwest? See nuts or onto something? Oh man, Randall Carson. I'll have to see what. You know, let's you know. Sorry, pardon me for a sec while I stare at my phone and look up Randall Carson. Randall Carlson. Younger Dryas Impact th Hypothesis. Or Clovis Com Hypothesis. Um, Randall Carson says that an impact... Where is it? So, is he saying an impact hit... Northwest. I mean, impacts hit everywhere and shaped the Northwest. Uh, as, I mean, impacts hit all over the place. I don't know if one necessarily shaped the Northwest. I know glaciers definitely shaped the Puget Sound and they reached as far south as uh, uh, where the Mimas Mounds in Olympia. Uh, at least that far south, if not a little bit further south than the Puget Sound Lowlands. Um, the the eastern part of the state, like the Okanagan, is uplifted ocean sediment. So if you go to like Tianaway up there, uh, sitting at four or five thousand feet, is an ancient sea trench that used to be like ten thousand feet underwater. And then the Columbia flood basalts, uh, those cover Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and those are the result of the hot spot volcano where Yellowstone is now. So as North America moved over the hot spot, it generated the flood basalts in eastern Washington. Um, the giant uh, valley in, in Idaho where Craters of the Moon is, and now it's sitting under Yellowstone, um, and now it's a super volcano, because like Yellowstone Rock is a whole bunch of granite, and granite doesn't like melting very well, and I call it herky-jerky lava because it's less fluid and a lot more viscous, and so it's the, the volcanic eruptions are way more violent and explosive, uh, and then they're, they're less frequent because the, the lava isn't as you know, like soupy as basalt. Um, I'll have to read more into, into what his theories are. So I don't have an immediate answer for you. PB. Uh, Stonk Tracker shows uh, shares available short for ETF also. Oh, the, so they, 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 uh, if they still have ETF shares available, then we might still see 
see red tomorrow as they as they push that lower and lower. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like. I mean, I like my my stock prices to go up. <laughs> Who doesn't? But if they if they still have ETFs available, then yeah, and they they still have the ability to short a whole bunch. That's lame. Uh, CD, uh, can you explain why GME included in Russell 1000 is so significant? Uh, the Russell 1000 is the top 1000 uh, uh, companies by market capitalization. And the bottom of that 1000 is 7 billion or so, and GameStop now meets that. So we, the significance of it is that um, these big index funds would now have to add GameStop to the to them, which means they either have to buy up enough shares to add them to their uh, index funds, or they have to take them from funds they already have and recalibrate them into the new funds. So currently GameStop's in the Russell 2000. And so if the Russell 2000 has been shorted to oblivion, then they have to take out those Russell shares in the two, so the 2000, ah, yeah, the GME shares in the Russell 2000 and put them into the Russell 1000. And they have to have those shares available to do that. So if the Russell 2000 has been, ex, been shorted to oblivion and they have to move that stuff, they, they're going to need those shares back to actually do the move. Uh, and a whole bunch of other uh, uh, ETFs and index funds calibrate themselves according to the Russell 1000. So they're going to have to buy up shares to add them. So I think that's that's why it's significant that, that GME is moving up moving up in the world. The big one would be if GME gets ever gets to the S&P 500 because so much uh, is is calculated as to who who is in the S&P 500 and you know if the stock goes up and up and up and up there's a very real chance that that happens. Uh, Blue Hefner is GME crypto dividend definitely happening or is it just rumors? I don't know. Um, we We'll find out, I think, in a few days, hopefully, as to whether it's real or not. Um, someone may have may have totally counterfeited and for 200 bucks minted their own uh, ETF token saying it was GameStop, and that could be a total sham. But I think uh, Ryan Cohen and company are diabolical enough and uh, want to see the short hedge funds be destroyed that that it's a very real possibility that the crypto dividend is an, is a real thing. That's, I hope, man. Oh, I, I definitely hope. <clears throat> hey, Rogue, welcome to the live show. Good to see you, bud. Um, yeah. So we could sense, uh, this is from uh, Radio Bird. We could potentially see a sea of red between now and then with them uh, trying, to trying to eliminate uh through GME being added to the R1000. I mean, the short hedge funds, I think, are their backs are up against the wall so much right now that they're doing anything they can to uh, uh, flatten that curve and to keep from being margin called and to make as much cash as they can so that they have, you know, stuff stuffed into their mattress. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh, ben Hisoler? Hisoler? Did I say that right? Uh, Houston Institutions selling large chunks at one time during the squeeze kill momentum. Very possible. Uh, so, again, it's like one of those things where you have to like try to do the gedonkin, as Einstein would call it, the mental experiment, and picture how this will play out. So you have, let's say, half of the holders of GME, in, in this case, are diamond hands, half are paper hands. So 
the price starts to skyrocket, gets to $1,000 a share. This half sells, right? They, 25 million shares all of a sudden flood the market. And the other half holds on. Well, those 25 million shares, not all of them are legit shares. Some of them are synthetics. So if it's synthetic and it gets purchased, it gets deleted from existence, and that's gone. If it's a real share, it has to go now go into a synthetic that IOU that's somewhere else. It might be in the account of a diamond hand, or it might be at an institution. If it's at an institution, and the institution starts to get a whole bunch of shares back, and the price is skyrocketing, the institution might say, hey, time for us to sell. Pop! So they dump a few million shares all at once. Um, so, you know, and then those shares, some of those are synthetic, some of those are, are uh, uh, real shares, and the process starts all over again. If, if the number of shares that have been generated synthetics is, you know, 500 million, then each share in the float has to be purchased like 10 times to cover those, or those synthetics have to be purchased and just deleted from existence. Uh, so I think, I think the institutions, those big institutions, m once we get close to that peak, we may see a huge, uh, sell by those institutions that might really affect, um, what it is, but we own so many of the shares that it might, it might take a while for it to get there, but good question. Uh, this is Bob Lewis. Do you think the Jimmy, uh, did most of their, um, uh, at market uh, offering of 5 million shares today? No. I, when Jimmy did the 3.5 million, it did it over a course of weeks slowly to not affect the buy pressure. I, I seriously doubt that GME dumped those 5 million shares today. They probably are piecing them out over weeks to keep the buy pressure up. Um, it'd be, it'd be silly for them to dump them all in the market and crash their own stock price. Um, I, d I don't think they did that personally. Uh, Bob Lewis, Luis, Lewis. <clears throat> okay, this is Apollo God. Uh, Itoro has sent me uh, a response saying the stock is purchased in my name and another stating it is, is not. How is this possible? I've asked them and they ignore it. Thoughts? Ooh. Itoro uh, was one of those companies that wasn't allowing anyone to vote and then apparently like 212 managed to change how that stock is put into people's accounts that they could. So you might just be getting two sides of that own company. They might not know what one hand is doing. So sorry, Apollo God, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. AMC moving. Is it, is it going up again? After hours, oh, after hours, is after hours closed? Let me, uh, it's so much easier for me to look at my phone than it is to, uh, well, it looks like it's going back up a little bit again. The prices are yeah, the prices are up a little bit. Oh, my poor costs. My poor cost is down a whole bunch. Um, yeah. Okay, AJM. Okay, Houston, if synthetics were not counted in votes, who has a record of them and says what's real and what's synthetic? The DTCC does. And the DTCC doesn't let anyone look at that computer to see where the synthetics are and who has them. Uh, that's been a central tenet of a whole bunch of lawsuits about naked shorting that the DTCC has been named in, and they've never had to provide any evidence. They never had to let anyone look at that computer, ever. So it'll be really interesting to see where this Apex lawsuit goes, and if the DTCC has to, at some point, let somebody look at their central computer where all those trades are made. So, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope somebody can see it, because I would I would love to know the data on that, because I know I know that the... That shares in the OTC are 
shorted to oblivion. Those small cap companies have no chance. The, they'll release a million shares and then all of a sudden they'll have hundreds of millions trading within weeks or months and they don't have the financial wherewithal or the gravitas to do anything about it. And even Overstock, which was a legit company that, that made billions of dollars a year, it took a decade for them to uh, finally issue that crypto dividend and put a stop to all the naked short selling that was happening. You know, they're a company that would make billions in sales and their stock was trading at like two bucks. And with after that crypto dividend, now it's at 100 something. So, yeah, it's... Meh. I, I think I talked about my honeypot scam, uh, scheme, scheme, scam, scheme, my last uh, live show. But, you know, if, if I ever have the wherewithal, get a couple million dollars in investment and uh, uh, take, you know, a million of it, put it into long-term funds, Vanguard, stuff like that, let it just kind of generate an income, and take another million, put it into a cash account of some kind, and then sell a million in shares. So you make you have $3 million total. You sold, sold a million shares of a dollar each. You get another million bucks. You got $2 million sitting in a cash account, another million generating $50,000 a year, $50,000 a quarter or whatever in uh, interest and dividends. And you just let the... You keep reporting like, oh, I made this little bit of income, made this little bit of income, made this little bit, little bit of income. And the short sellers just hammer you. And they're generating hundreds of millions, billions of naked naked shares. And the stock price goes from a dollar down to like fractions of a penny, right? Three, three, ten thousandths of a penny. And then as the as the uh, company that set up the honeypot, you announce a dollar dividend on every single solitary uh, short. Maybe, maybe you use the extra million to buy up uh, billions of shares of your own company that were naked short sold out in the market. And then you take the other million you have and you offer a $1 dividend on the actual legit shares that exist. And you watch the short hedge funds have to either reach into their pocket and come up with billions of dollars they don't have, or they got to buy back all those shares from you that are synthetic. I think it'd be a brilliant thing, and I'm surprised no one has done it yet. So anyone who wants to get in on that with me, let's do it. <laughs> now that they can watch my YouTube video and find out exactly what I'm doing, I'll change my name to, I don't know, El Jefe or something. Um, is Charles Payne, could the squeeze of GME and AMC go on for a long time? I think it will go on for days, if not a couple of weeks. It will take a long time for them to organize and figure out where all these shares go, how to get the money to buy more, and to close out these positions. I, th I think it's, I think the VW squeeze was like five or eight days or something total. So it can, it can take a while to get this stuff organized, especially with the circuit breakers triggering constantly. So, yeah. All right. Um... Bob Lewis, thanks for your awesome feedback. At some point, do you think they might manually negotiate trades? And do you think my peak price in the hundreds of millions uh, might see? I don't know. Uh, the the interview with the gist I did, I, my quote got played over and over when I when I surmised that there's someone, there's someone who's going to sell a fraction of a share or a single share, or a couple of shares at an absolutely ridiculous number to a trading computer because the trading computer's its entire goal is to close this stuff out as fast as possible and will buy any share available at the lowest price first. And if the lowest price available happens to be um, uh, uh, 
$40 million, then they may have to buy that share for $40 million. So I I think someone someone's going to be lucky and see that. We... Uh, during the baby squeeze in January, there was someone who sold a fractional share for like six grand, five five thousand, five thousand seven hundred dollars, something like that. So that stuff happens. Um, you know, we may, maybe maybe everyone should start just trying to trying to buy a thousandth of a share for fifty bucks and see what happens, <laughs> and see if that causes the price to skyrocket. I don't know. Um, I'm getting told to fix my mic again. Is my mic being a dick? I'm so sorry. I am either too low or too high. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Apollo God, they, they didn't release proxy numbers. So I believe the vote was just a marketing thing and they'll trim it. So they don't give certificates. So eToro, just a playpen in a sense. Um, yeah, I I I think some of the, the foreign groups are realizing that they might have to trade change the way they allow um, non-U.S. citizens to purchase U.S. stocks. So we'll probably see some changes in that, especially with the interest in all these meme stocks right now and how important voting is to get a tally of how many people uh, own these shares. Okay, uh, Steve Morgan, do I think they might turn the breakers off, knowing how bad the shorts are? It's possible. Um, if if the SEC decides that they need to uh, uh, turn those things off to get this thing closed out as fast as they can, that m might be what they do. Especially if they know that the price is going to shoot to the moon and we're going to see 10% runs every few seconds on this thing. Uh, it might be smart for them to turn the circuit breakers off and just let it go. So, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay. One out of 1,300 people are complaining. You're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to have to like... I, I can't figure out how to get these to actually listen to this. So there's some step or somewhere along the way where nothing's happening. I can't hear myself. So I'm just going without the without the headphones. Uh, this is nil uh, 21981 is the dark pool screenshot of uh, the price of $1,500 for AMC Real? Uh, if so, wouldn't they be able to just cover? Um, I saw that, that uh, someone mentioned that earlier. I don't, I think a picture of a screen is a really easy way to manipulate images. I doubt that, the, that anything in the dark pool is trading for $1,500 because uh, the entire point of the dark pool is to be able to reduce buy pressure and get things cheaper than you than you would regularly. So. Um, I, I don't think anyone's paying 1500 bucks for AMC. I, I, I think that's probably just somebody trying to get us amped for a huge price. The poop in the belly button bots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I, I started going back to the gym finally, so maybe I will be doing some belly button shots for you guys. We'll see. Once I, once I flatten the sucker out again. <clears throat> Short interest around eight thousand percent. That's a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's that high. Uh, if if the if those those numbers from the from the dark pools and the OTC are actually in the billions, like we think, we could see, you know, thousands of percent uh, short interest that's out there somewhere. So, very possible. Um. Uh, 
Flogen, I'm going to totally butcher this, Flogetufsklo. <laughs> Sorry, man. I butcher your name. Where do you have your knowledge about the mechanisms of SEC and especially DTCC from coming from? Uh, is this specific about the trading computers or about how um, they have to cover the stuff as quickly as possible? Uh, the DTCC released a memo last week, week before, where it was just like saying, hey, everyone, if these margin calls happen and these positions need to be closed, it is our job to do this as fast as possible. If anyone has a link to that thing, um, send it because I don't I don't remember where I read it necessarily. Uh, but they they, uh, they they said that their job is not to care about price, but to close the positions as fast as they can and get it over with and move on. Because um, if they draw it out for a long time, they got people day trading on this stuff, and it just will take forever. And uh, they wanted to get it over with, get the news cycle done, and just move on with their trading after that. So that's it was a memo I read. And if anyone if anyone uh, sees it please post it in uh uh the chat here um as to where it is i'll, I'll look for it uh, someone tweeted it to me last week a week before and oh, it will take me a while to find it uh millie p thank you so much thank you for comments on shirt i got my mr clean shirt on today another it's a great uh goodwill find okay donnie uh what are your thoughts if amc ends June 28th above the 5.2 billion market cap to get in the Russell 2000. Could that help force some of these synthetics out of hedge fund and start covering? Yeah. Because um, if... All right. So the way they work, I think the Russell 3000 is the top 3,000 stocks. So they, they, they've got a piece of everything that's, a, that's top 3,000 market cap. And then they... Uh, uh, the Russell 2000 is 1,000 to 2,000. And then the Russell 1,000 is a top 1,000. So if you're in the Russell 3000 and you move to Russell 2000, you stay in the Russell 3000, but then they have to add shares to the Russell 2000. If you're in the Russell 2000 and you're also in the Russell 3000, but you bump up to the Russell 1000, they have to take the shares out of that 2000 and put them into the 1000. So there's shuffling that has to happen. And if you move from the 3000 to 2000, they have to actually buy a bunch of shares to get them into that part of the index fund. <clears throat> Uh, Shannon, when you said GME will likely be higher, did you mean this current run? Could AMC go higher than GME in the last run? Um, I think ultimately uh, when the squeeze goes bonkers, I think GME will probably be king in this department. Uh, simply because there's 73 million GME shares and there's 500 million AMC shares, which gives the short sellers a larger opportunity uh, uh, to um, well, not short sellers necessarily, but it gives the large institutions a bigger opportunity to dump uh, shares as they get their uh, uh, synthetics covered, and it might drive the price down. And it's it's a supply and demand thing. So if you if there's only one million GME shares out there and a billion uh, shorts, the price on GME would go even higher. So uh, I think it has to do with the, the amount of float that's available. In my personal opinion, anyway. We'll see. I mean, I hope they all go freakishly high. Uh, Susie Che, it'll be great to... Uh, yeah, can't read. It'll be great if we find a way to buy Ape shares from a uh, company directly or via uh, whatever, away from Dark Pool Apes. Or achievement divert here. Yeah. Uh, GameStop, when they offer their shares on the market, they sell them straight to 
so retailers can buy them. Um, last week, when when AMC sold, they amended their filing to say that they're going to be selling them through brokers in the dark pool, which directly to hedge funds who had short positions, which I think was pretty shady. I I don't understand why they did that, and I haven't heard an explanation as to why they chose to do that. Okay. Project Sun, have the circuit breakers ever been stopped before? I don't know. I don't have any info on that, if, if they ever turned off the circuit breakers for anything. That would be uh, uh, an interesting thing to find out if they did it. Um, when was the last big squeeze in America? Because the VW squeeze was, was in the Frankfurt market, right? So when was the last real huge squeeze in the U.S.? And if did, did they shut off the breakers for that to let it, to let it just run? I don't know. Um, there's probably a Wikipedia article out there somewhere on that. Uh, I just lost the chat. Someone said about quadruple witching, and I didn't... Oh, here we go. William Morgan, quadruple witching, uh, six eighteen twenty one. So next Friday, yeah, we got. Um, uh, what do we have? Six eighteen. No, twenty. The twenty eighth. Twentieth is with recalibration for uh, Russell, right? And eighteenth is when we have all those HYG, um, the crazy HYG uh, uh, junk bonds, the four billion dollars in puts that that Citadel and BlackRock bought. What else is happening on the 18th? I mean, there's a whole bunch of, of um, options that go then. So I, I'm curious. So, oh, 400,000 calls on the money, 618. Yeah, that's a lot. It's 40 million shares. So that that will do it also. Okay. Um, my eyeballs are having a real hard time. <laughs> Reading, reading them, it's like they're giving up. Um, this is from Patrick Tupain. Uh, do you think it will be possible for prices to hit millions per share during the MOAS? Yes, I think it's very possible. Um, you have enough cash for it? Well, because here's the thing is that, is that the, the amount that sells the peak is not like the bulk of shares because all these shares will sell down here. Um, the not Not everyone is going to be patient enough to wait for millions and uh, a lot of people will, will, will paper hand and sell early when they see their account at a life-changing amount of numbers um, also you know if if you're a small shareholder like me and probably a lot of you where you have you know maybe a couple hundred shares or less it's easy to sell one at a time if you are somebody who happened to get in last May at a dollar two dollars a share you might have thousands of them. It's really hard to sell one at a time. So you might do limit orders that are a bulk of shares. And, you know, if you've got a thousand shares and you see the price at $10,000 and you're like, hey, that's 10 million bucks, I'm out. It's really easy to just dump it and, you know, be a millionaire and never have to work again. So the, the large shareholders, I think, will have a harder time holding through the peak than the small shareholders would. So the small shareholders will probably be the ones that see huge prices for their shares versus everyone else. Hope that kind of answers the question. Um, Roman Baskin, with DTC colluding with brokerages in a recent lawsuit, it makes sense they pulled uh, Rule 5. The question is, will it return? Yeah. Uh, I, w I wonder if the lawsuit, being named the lawsuit, has to do with why they pulled it. 
or you know they could put that rule out there and be like hey we're, we're trying to fix things don't be so mean to us uh yeah <laughs> that's it's hmm. good it's a good point uh it's another one from nil uh these smart financial guys on clubhouse keep saying that they covered gme already they also said the shorts have uh, loopholes and don't mean anything what argument shuts them down um the fact that if the shorts had covered their positions, the stock price would have been nuts by now. Uh, I mean, Melvin claimed to close their positions under oath to Congress back in February, and they hadn't. They, you know, at the end of the quarter, they were, they, they reported a 49% loss, which showed they had not covered anything. So, um, I think what they, what the, what they do is is they buy these deep in the money calls and puts. And then they sit on them and never exercise them, and uh, because it costs more money to exercise them, so they're going to sit there on these things, and um, and then they then they then they can use regulation show, which requires them to identify available stocks that could be used to cover, and that kind of whitewashes their obligation and and sort of gives them this this fake I covered thing, and rule number five, which was slated to go into effect on Sunday, which who knows what's happening with it now, uh, basically said that in order to cover those positions, you had to exercise those options. You had to spend the billions of dollars it would cost to exercise those options and actually be in possession of the physical shares. Uh, so right now, the, the hedge funds, I think, are still using the synthetic longs and these uh, puts and calls to, to pretend like they're covered, but they're not. So those smart financial guys in Clubhouse are you know, they're falling for it, and the, the apes are not. Um, let's find here. Uh, Patrick Felt, do you think if this AMC volume would have attacked GME instead, we would have been on Pluto already? I don't know. Uh, I think all these meme stocks are, are in the same boat. Um, and you know maybe the short hedge funds are using the play off of each other to kind of spread out the the our cash but um i i think when one of these things goes the rest of them follow suit we saw 128 you know uh costs which you know probably should be a 15 16 dollar stock went to 127 dollars on the on january 28th along with everything else before they got stopped trading so you know these all these meme stocks, they're all, they're all going to get squeezed at the same time. So uh, I'd, they might try to play them off each other, but really they're just delaying the inevitable. <clears throat> uh, Kendall Haynes, could AMC have sold the shares in the dark pool to in some way have the SEC be able to follow the shares through the dark pools? Uh, way out of my league here. I'd... I don't think so. Not without a blockchain. No one can really follow where those shares are going. They just get announced in a bulk unit. Um, and the dark pools are... They're like they are like doing uh, black market trades for stuff. It's They're shady and they exist to be shady. And that's the whole point. Uh, let's see here. Probably GME. Uh, someone's just saying GME might be first. The highest uh, I heard was SHP, SHP uh, 994,000 per share. Yeah, that's pretty high. There was um, HCMC that was trading at like 60 million 
back in 2000, what, 2011. That was because they did a crazy uh, reverse split where they went from 20,000 20, shares down to one share. Uh, and it was total manipulation, but those shares are trading for millions of dollars for years. Is there any way to get, they can get away with this? Uh, can they prevent the squeeze? This is from Jonathan uh, Destuches. Uh, it's possible. Uh, the 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 shorts are trying everything they can to draw this out, and I think their goal is to sort of just get us bored and shake us free, so that we just go ah oh, fine sell it. we're gonna sell for our you know hundred percent profit and just be done with this and move on. Um, but that doesn't mean they cover their positions uh, because they, they have to buy these shares over and over and over and over and over again in order to cover their position. And, and you know, if a crypto dividend gets issued, if Rule 5 and Rule 2 will go into effect, uh, these are things that will hurt their ability to drag this out over a long period of time. And I honestly don't see how the short positions get get out of this over the long term i mean they, they might be able to draw it out for months but i don't know my my, my gut keeps telling me that that this summer is going to be it's going to be the comeuppance and i'm hoping it is and i think all of you do too, too you you do as well Uh, Radio Bird, overall, allowing the squeeze to happen is going to be highly beneficial in more ways than one, not just an integrity, trust, the economy, but even from the financial standpoint, the government side. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about, uh, most of us are short-term investors in this. We, we, we got our stocks in January, February, March, and we've been sitting on them ever since. And if this thing squeezes to the moon, we're, at least in the U.S. government side, we're going to be charged uh, 37% on all of our gains, capital gains on this, because we're this was a short-term investment, and you know if that, and that's ten trillion dollars, right? That 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 they got to spend to buy these shares back. Well, that's thirty-three point seven trillion dollars that the U.S. government gets in taxes. That'd be the largest windfall in taxes the U.S. government has ever had. So um, there is an incentive for the government to let this thing rocket. Uh, and the, on the one side, they let it rocket, they get a whole bunch of tax money. But on the other side, they probably have to print a whole bunch of money to make it happen. So, you know, we're getting that uh, the debacle the reverse repo market has where where Treasury's issuing and, and the Federal Reserve's buying. So, eh, I don't know. Adriana Dilo? Delio, sorry, Delio. Um, thank you so much. That's goes goes the truck fund. Thank you, man or lady. Okay. Um, scrolling. Dragon Dogma. I'm leaving when I pick up my small check of a million dollars. That'll be so lovely. It'll be. <laughs> Like, it'd be so nice to be able to, to, to like look at your account and just be like, all right, I can now live off the interest of this and not have to work or do anything I don't want to do again. Which I think it's kind of the, the dream for a lot of us who invested in this is that we took that thousand dollars or whatever and we're, we're, we're hoping it's, it pays off for us once. 
Uh, Bob Lewis, I feel like 37% is a little high when it's per how much you make. Uh, not all of us make 500,000 plus. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, I think you have to be in the four or 500,000 category to get the 37% um, uh, tax bracket on, on capital gains for the short-term investment. But if, you know, if you're getting a million dollars a share and you've got 30 shares, well, you're, you're definitely going to be paying that 37% uh, tax bracket. <clears throat> if you're, you know, if you sell early and you don't get that high, then you won't be paying that much in taxes. But either way, the government stands to benefit a lot from the, the tax on this, and which, was, which is you know, the whole reason why a hedge fund exists for millionaires and billionaires is that you know, you've got a million dollar minimum entry fee to get into a, to a hedge fund. So you take your million bucks or billion bucks, whatever, and you, you give it to a hedge fund. And all of a sudden you're in a long-term investment. That hedge fund then does a whole bunch of short-term investments, but the fund itself is a long-term investment. So you're benefiting from the short-term trades, but your tax loophole is that you're in a long-term investment because you aren't doing the trades yourself. Somebody else is doing them for you. And that's what you've invested in. So, you know, we we as poor folk don't have the opportunity. We might be able to buy a mutual fund, which just kind of sits there and just grows over time, or a Vanguard, but we don't have the ability to do those big risky trades that have huge payoffs because we have to pay taxes on all of them every single time it happens. So that's why those rich people put their money into these hedge funds because they can benefit from those short trades and not have to pay huge tax amounts. That's why, you know, uh, that... Um, was the nation? Who is it that published the article about how the billionaires haven't paid any taxes in the past few years? And you know, Jeff Bezos has paid like a billion bucks in the last decade, despite being worth 183 billion dollars. You and I don't get to pay one percent of our of our worth in taxes. We because we we get we earn our money paycheck to paycheck, and we have to pay a lot more of our income as a result. But the millionaires and billionaires they make one investment 20 years ago, and they pay taxes on it once <laughs> right so that's uh that's kind of that's that's one of those that's one of the schemes that uh uh the hedge funds get away get away with that we don't okay um weiss boyd talking about uh ireland's 33 percent for the capital gains yeah so let's you know let's pay our fair share not go to prison and uh yeah, <laughs> and live the rest of our lives. And you notice the price glitches in GME. I noticed today that when the market closed at 220, it jumped to 288 for a minute. Uh, that might be weird limit orders kicking off because there's nothing available. I don't know. Um, there are glitches that happened. There was a glitch that happened uh, a couple months ago where, uh, you know, Berkshire Hathaway is trading at 400 and something thousand dollars and then suddenly there was a buy at like $4,000 and then $400,000. People forget to use decimals all the time or put a comma where a period should go or whatever and you know if you happen to to make a limit order for $50,000 for a share of Berkshire Hathaway and no one's selling then all of a sudden puts a, someone puts a limit order in thinking they're doing it for $400,000 and actually do it for four because they missed a period or didn't put enough zeros, then someone just got lucky <laughs> and someone else lost big time. So glitches like that happen. Um, yeah, we, 
we uh they they it happens so uh, i glitches with a stock like gme probably happen more because there's more retail traders involved and retail traders are probably more likely to make little goofs when they do limit orders and things so or forget to cancel or you know set the limit order to be for three months and rather than till end of trading day and they forget to do those things so that i think glitches happen a lot more <clears throat> um, oh i just accidentally scrolled too far sorry one sec someone mentioned I think the feds wouldn't want this to go beyond January and February. Yeah, for that tax reason. Yeah, cool, Kenny. I think it's going to happen before that. Uh, Seth DiLorenzo, can you address the potential consequences for hyperinflation post-MOAS? Uh, yeah, hyperinflation... Um, hyperinflation has never truly affected a superpower so far. Um, the times there's been hyperinflation in the past has been when somebody... like. Germany after World War One got crushed and had to pay all this debt to the the Allies, or um, Zimbabwe when Zimbabwe crashed their economy and um, oh David Ha thank you uh, crashed their economy and started just printing money to and create a huge amount of inflation. Um, the U.S. dollar is the standard for gold, the standard for uh, uh, oil, which are two commodities that trade that are you know, part of the fundamentals of our economy. Um, we have seen the price of these things go up over time recently because I think there's there's a combination of inflation and a combination of uh, 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 not enough, too much demand, not enough supply, uh, like lumber. Lumber prices have gone bonkers. Uh, you know, a thousand board feet of lumber is worth an ounce of gold, which is something that has never happened before. And... That's largely because during COVID, a whole bunch of mills shut down because they couldn't. People couldn't work at the mills. Uh, uh, There's no one logging, um, and the demand from construction had gone down. So they're like, "Hey, we'll save some money, save some time. We'll just shut down the mills." They haven't spooled back up and caught up with the demand for building, and um, so the prices have just gone through the roof. And some are arguing that that's inflation. I think it's a little more on the supply and demand side. Uh, so we, we'll probably see as this price for lumber is still crazy high, we'll probably start seeing more lumber mills start to pump out more. Uh, and the number of logging trucks on you know, Northwest highways will probably increase a lot. Israel Rodriguez, um, how long do you think we have to claim it on our taxes that same year or the following? I think whatever you earn uh, before January 1st is what will go on next year's taxes. So you'll have until April 15th or whenever that is to, to do your claims. So definitely set aside some cash to pay those taxes <laughs> or, or something or, or stocks you can sell to uh, uh, cover it. <clears throat> Thoughts on BlackRock buying a metric ton of real estate? Uh, um, yeah, um, that is interesting. I was reading an article yesterday about that that they're bidding like twenty to fifty percent over asking price, and and they're just gobbling up real estate. I would love to know exactly what they're planning on doing. Are they are they waiting for inflation, and they can sell at even higher price? I don't know. That's a 
interesting. They, the are they going to rent them out? Are they creating some sort of you know investment that's a giant slumlord or something to rent the stuff out, or are they just pulling them off the market and they're going to sit on them and let the 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 demand get even higher and sell them for a profit later? I don't know. Um, interesting, very interesting, because they're not probably not buying on loans. They're probably just paying cash outright for that stuff. Okay. James Turner, my roomie says it's mathematically impossible for Jimmy to hit 10 million or AMC to hit 100,000. He says that there's enough money in the world. Um, I don't think all the shares will sell for that much. I think it will be a share here and there will, will hit those peaks and probably drain whatever coffers are available that day and then it will kind of reset and start all over the next trading day. So I think there'll be I think there'll be shares that sell for that much because they have to buy them. And if we don't sell them, then the price gets higher and higher and higher and they'll just buy what they can when they can till the more till more cash comes in. It's from uh, Luis Gonzalez. Please shout out to my girls Lisa and Esme. Uh, so they believe me on the squeeze. <laughs> uh, Lisa and Esme, uh, squeeze is happening. It's coming. I hope that works. <laughs> <clears throat> there was someone who mentioned where'd it go this the 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 chat keeps resetting all the way at the bottom for me and so i miss i miss chunks of it here um okay that's where we were that's, that was james turner's why well, i think they let this go on so long or issue a dividend already i don't know i i they, they may have calculated a perfect point in which to do that and we're just not privy um i i want them to announce it tomorrow personally just let's let's just do it let's let's launch this sucker <clears throat> uh jason nickerson i bought it at 980 on amc do you see a run down to 20 or 30 dollars per share before run up yeah i think i think they'll try to drive it down as far as they can and shake as many people from that tree as they possibly can and uh and then run it back up again i hope to have some extra cash but i gotta deal with this engine to be able to pick up more and the dip but uh we'll see we'll see um michael hervis can you explain dark pool trading more yeah the the dark pool um is the colloquial term for pretty pretty much trades that are off market and uh the dark pool the original tip behind the dark pool is so that these large funds or companies can make deals to acquire um, large holdings in, 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 in corporations. And so let's say uh, General Motors sees some part company and they're like, you know what? We want to buy that part company. They'll go to the board and say, hey, guys, we want to buy your company and we're going to buy it all at offer you $9 a share for 10 million shares so you get control interest of... Um, of uh, uh, your company, and they'll they'll make this deal outside of the market. So there's there's no there's no they're not buying at market price. They're offering some other price for it. And so that's a dark pool. It gets reported later after the deal's done, and it doesn't affect the the buy pressure that happens uh, for the the stock. So it's it's a it's 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 like a back alley deal. What? the hedge funds have been using it for is to swap these shares back and forth to pretend to cover their positions 
and drive down buy pressure. And that's kind of where we are. And, and to the extent that it's done, it's really obtuse. We don't necessarily, necessarily see everything they've done. So we might not be privy to how much they've traded and how many synthetics have generated and put onto this, under the dark pool and into the OTC. So that's, I mean, that's as much as I can, much explanation I can give you. Sorry, it's not more than that. Isaac Ibarra, if AMC hits under a thousand, could the F, could the Fed decide just to settle and pay us twenty five cents on the dollar? Um, I'm sure that they, the Fed, could probably do anything they want from a regulatory standpoint. Whether they'd want to or not, I don't know. Um, that. I, th I think I think if if they did a settlement that was for that low compared to the peak price, that it would be really bad PR for American markets. And this dog won't stop licking. Come on, buddy. There you go. Just just sleep. Um, I I, th I think it'd be really bad PR for the for the American markets to not let the market do what everyone thinks is the risk involved with uh, uh, short selling. The short selling risk is that you. Have, the potential for infinite loss and that's what people are investing in is specifically for that so that's where i stand on that uh zach ratzloff i heard that gme has to squeeze first in order for amc to go and that it is more important for hedge funds to keep gme down versus amc thoughts well let's think about the math on it um if you get gme to a thousand dollars a share that's uh duh, what seventy billion market cap? Is that where we are? We're at twenty-one. Yeah, it's like seventy billion market cap. That's pretty big. That's a lot of of margins taken up with that stock. But because there's five hundred million shares in AMC, if you get AMC to three hundred dollars, right, then you're looking at a hundred and fifty billion dollar market cap, and that's an even bigger chunk. So it's it's a, it's a trade-off at this point as to which one can trigger uh, depending on, on how much that market cap is. So I don't know. Uh, there's more shares of AMC, so probably keeping AMC under 100 bucks is more important than keeping GME under 1,000, I think, at this point. <clears throat> reverse repo, reverse cowgirl. <laughs> uh Okay. Oh, this is Cami. I saw that Berkshire share. Yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? That somebody managed to pick up a $400,000 share of stock for like four grand. Ugh. I should probably just put some put some limit orders in there, set them for three months, and just see what happens <laughs> if somebody else makes a uh, uh, mistake with their decimal points. Because I do it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't accidentally like hit a button wrong? And I mean, heck, the... The, all the, the the scientists at JPL when they made the Hubble telescope, uh, they forgot to calculate for the fact there's no gravity in space. So when they when they polished this mirror for the Hubble Space Telescope, they polished it with gravity pulling down on it. But when we went to space, it went bang and bounced and had made this whole spherical aberration. And you know, somebody made a rounding error, and it happens. Even the best nerds make rounding errors. <clears throat> Uh, have you watched Lisa Baranka on Fast Money with Melissa Lee today? I did not. Uh, 
Tampa J Money, um, JJ Money. Sorry, uh, I did not see it, so I don't know uh, what you're referring to. If I see it pop up in the message here, I'll I'll talk about it. Didn't China offer money to bail out the short sales before it got this far? I don't know. I've not heard that one before. Um, yeah, we don't. We have no idea how deep that hole is, uh, uh, David Dumas. So it that 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 thing could be uh, any anywhere. <laughs> that that hole could be to the center of the earth at this point. We just don't know. My my friend John just messaged me asking me if I have any water. No, I forgot to get a water water glass of water. So I'm I'm drying up here. I am becoming a voice activated prune. <clears throat> I got. Uh, about 15 more minutes I can chat before I'm, I promised my mom I would go to her house for dinner tonight. So I got about 15 minutes to chat with everybody before I got to bail. So let's let's find some more uh, questions here. This is Apollo God. What's on my shirt and where can I get one? This is Mr. Clean. See? Yeah. This this was... Uh, uh, I found it at Goodwill but like 20 years ago. But it was a shirt made by Target. And... I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. I got it for a few bucks. I have no idea how much Target sold them for, but if Target was selling them, you could probably find them on eBay or or other places. So, <laughs> yeah. Chris, if AMC drops below thirty, I'm buying five thousand shares. Get it? Yeah. DTC Rule Nine. What's DTC Rule Nine? DTC. I get the I get the numbers for these things mixed up in my head constantly. Uh, the only one I keep track I keep track of is Rule Five because that's the one that has to do with using puts and calls to to cover. And the other ones they're all blend together. Uh, DTC um, 2021 009. There it is. <clears throat> so let's see here. Oh. Such small writing for McGee's eyes. Professional Amanda Services Guide clarify the DC may extend established stakeholder deadline. Uh, operation delays. Um, I'm gonna have to read through this. It's gonna take me a while to read through this. There's 30 pages here. I'll give you. I'll try to give you opinion later. I'll, I'll read through it. Try to give you opinion on on Rule Nine later, so I can figure out what that is. I don't. No one wants to see me scroll through my phone and read 30 pages, <laughs> mumble to myself. <laughs> um oh oh shoot the whole feed just reset again dang it okay max greenwell off topic but i love geology can you mention what those rare earth minerals were in wyoming i thought it was really interesting appreciate your passion i think i was talking about um the 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 basically the gem wealth of Wyoming, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Wyoming has kimberlite pipes. And kimberlite pipes are these uh, cryptovolcanic structures. So they're, they are ancient volcanic stru structures that were these tubes of lava that came from the mantle. And they brought up a whole bunch of um, really dense carbon, diamonds, up with them. And all throughout Wyoming, in northern Colorado and Montana, kimberlite pipes are all over the place. And they, they seem to pop up in groups. So you might have five or six of them over a square mile or two. And the, the, the lava rock itself, the kimberlite lava rock, erodes much more easily than the granite in the area. So oftentimes what you'll see is 
if you got kind of a plateau, you'll see these little depressions of maybe dry lake beds or ponds because all the water will drain to that lowest point. And in the mountains, the soil is so soft, but it's, it's really mineral rich, but it's it's too soft for trees to, to stay upright. So if you look at mountains in Wyoming and Colorado and Montana, you'll find a whole group of these little meadows that form. And they'll be really rich with wildflowers and grasses and shrubs. But the trees, get t if they get tall in that, they blow right over because their trunks can't maintain in the soil. And about half of uh, kimberlite pipes are diamondiferous, meaning they have diamonds in them. Uh, Wyoming is just covered. Wyoming is the is is the site of the craton, like the beginning of the craton that goes up in northern Canada that the continent of North America was built on, and these these kimberlite pipes were formed probably a hundred kilometers under underground. But as the 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 land building and continent building happened, these things got squished together and uplifted 20, 30, 40 kilometers, 100 kilometers up and eroded down. And as they eroded down, the kimberlite pipes got exposed. And so that's why throughout the whole region from northern Colorado, Wyoming, up through Canada, you find a whole bunch of kimberlite pipes. There's even a few in um, uh, northwestern Kansas. can't remember the name of them. There's a whole bunch of lakes there that are kimberlite pipes. Uh, but beyond, beyond those diamonds in Wyoming, we have uh, uh, blue iolites, which are the gemstone of the Vikings. The Vikings, the iolites would change color depending on whether it was diffracted light or polarized light. So the Vikings could take out the gemstone while they were sailing when a cloudy day, and they could figure out where the sun was by how it was changing colors. Uh, it's a pretty cool stone. But there's like $17 trillion in market value of blue iolite just in one mountain range in Wyoming, in uh, the Laramie Mountains. And then they've got diamonds, they've got emeralds, they've got tons of sapphires and rubies. They have huge opals. I have an opal claim in Wyoming where there's opals the size of a car. And um, one of the things I want to do with, with, my, with my winnings from this is to finally take enough machinery, get one of those opals, and ship it to the Digital Stone Project in Italy and have them carve a beautiful statue out of it and sell that sucker at auction. Because not only would it have the commodity value of all that opal, but it would have the intrinsic value of being a piece of art. And I think it would be awesome. It would be, I would make a whole documentary about it if I could. So, hope that answers your geology questions. I'll, I'll get off on geology tangents all the time, whenever you let me. <clears throat> um, yes, one million dollar stocks so can reinvest in dividends. In dividend stock, yes, never work again. That's the brilliant move, and that's exactly what I what I hope to do as well. <clears throat> Max Greenwell, thanks. You're welcome. I'm glad I hope I answered your question there. <laughs> Are hedges battling each other and we're just kind of along for the ride? I think that might be the case. Uh, there's quite a few groups, large institutions that are long on these meme stocks and they might be, might be going to war with the hedge funds right now. But the hedge funds have a weapon that, that long, positions, yeah, long positions can't use, which is the naked short sale that a lot of these hedge funds got market maker status over the past couple of years and they could naked short sell all day long. And there's really hasn't been any consequence for them doing it yet. And they've used it for years. They, they would naked short sell for years and just dump shares in the market and dilute the price of these things down to zero. And right now, I think they're using it not to drive the price to zero, but to just shake people loose 
and make them scared of the volatility of the stock. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just that right now they're using it as a survival mechanism and not necessarily as a profit incentive. <clears throat> Tell me, get water. I'll get water in seven minutes when I've got to log off and, and go visit my mama. Um. Okay, looks like Junior Junior Hayes has got removed. Okay, thank you for the people I made mods for taking care of that. Thank you so thank you thank you again so much for the, for those I deputized. I didn't you didn't really ask. I just sort of deputized you and I was like be a mod. Thank you for for taking care of that. You've been wonderful and I really appreciate it because I don't I don't have the uh, it's hard for me to 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 keep up with what's being posted. I'm usually stuck, you know feet away on the roll on the scrolly screen as to what questions uh are happening um is it too late to get in that's uh jimmy likes eggs no i mean if if the share price of these things is worth ten thousand a hundred thousand a million dollars and you buy it for 200 bucks you're not going to care what price you got it at making nine hundred and ninety nine thousand to eight hundred dollars profit so yeah i i i i uh I think you're okay. Dr. Stonk Brule. Sorry I'm late. Uh, oh, yeah, Dr. Stonk. I did I did I did talk about the, the reverse repo. So sorry I'm late. Houston reverse repo over five hundred billion. What's repercussions? Um, I'll I'll go over that again just real quick because some people probably logged on late. Um, the big repercussions I think are that it puts the banks in a potential for a short squeeze. So, you know, we've got the banks the banks are the customer now and they're borrowing treasuries from hedge funds they're saying hey treasury can i borrow your hedge funds i'll pay you so it becomes a, a negative negative interest rate at this point and the hedge funds are like sure whatever and the banks borrow the head borrow from the hedge funds these treasuries and then they sell the treasury to the fed for cash and the banks are betting that the interest rates are going to go up on these uh treasuries and that the price of the treasuries will go down so they're basically short selling the treasuries, thinking that later they can go in and buy that stuff cheaper. Now that $534 billion has been dumped in the last few months into the reverse repo market, the big problem is, is that the treasury department is not issuing new treasury bonds and the amount of treasury bonds available are starting to dry up. And if the interest rates go up, but the price goes up with them, then the banks will face a weird short squeeze where they have to purchase these treasury bonds back at a premium and then give them back at a huge loss to the hedge funds from whom they borrowed. So we might see, we've got this flood of liquidity right now as a result of the reverse repo market, but we may see it just dry up if the banks get short squeezed because the treasury department doesn't issue more bonds. And that is kind of where I think we are at the moment. That's, you know, the to, to save that, the U.S. government has to sell more bonds to to keep us going. Sayum Sige, thank you so much. I think I said your name right. I hope I did. Um, thank you. <laughs> and hope hope I answered the question there. <clears throat> uh, try to find another. Heritage Wealth Plan. Okay, people are talking about things. Kelly Jenkins, go get a geology degree. 
So what happened with me with my geology? She says, I love geology so much. College changed my major. Uh, I almost changed my major to geology. I was originally an engineering student and then ended up liking my physics. I became a physics student. And then I ended up loving uh, my deep space astronomy course and I switched to astronomy. And then while I was doing astronomy, there was a minor for earth and space science where I'd take a bunch of geology and geography classes. And, you know, if, if you're an astronomer, you study stars, you study planets, you study these things far away, you never get to touch them. But in geology, you go on hikes all the time and you like poke lava with a stick and you pick up rocks and you smash them. And it was so tangible that I ended up also getting a geology degree along the way and a geography degree. Uh, so I, I basically did my undergraduate until the University of Hawaii said, get out. <laughs> and I, I left for like 290 semester credits. So, you know, do it. Get all the degrees. Do it. Study everything you like. That's that's my opinion. <clears throat> um, okay, this is Resident Flea again. Houston, can you make a video about what to do after the squeeze from legal tax, 500k insurance brokers? That's actually probably a good idea. I should probably put... Um, Man, uh, when, when can I when have the time to put together a slideshow? Uh, maybe next week I might be able to put together a slideshow and I can kind of talk about all the, the plans. That's a good idea, Resident Flea. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll be my next recorded show. I'll do I'll do that. Um, the, these uh, uh, live shows are great because if you ask me questions, I can, I can I can pontificate. But there's certain topics that go a little deeper, and I actually have to like write it out and get all the arguments done. So that's a good idea. I'll do that for the next recorded podcast. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for suggesting that. That's brilliant. <clears throat> Should I buy a US Treasury bond? I mean if if the prices if 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 the US Treasury uh isn't issuing anything and the prices are going up, it might be a good idea um to hedge that bet. And you might be able to squeeze the banks. I mean, the banks might be screwed from multiple angles because if they get squeezed by the treasury market because those prices of the treasury bonds go up <clears throat> and the hedge funds get liquidated and all the hedge funds that trade under them, now the banks are responsible for just dumping cash to cover those trades. Uh, they might be screwed from every angle. They It's like a pincer move at that point. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> if anything, you'll make money off the interest over a long period of time. So, And, it's not, and if you own municipal bonds and treasury bonds, those aren't taxed. So you got that going for you. Um, all right, all right, everybody. Uh, this is this is I have to sign off now because I have to go visit my mother. Uh, and thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun, and and um, maybe uh, I might do be able to do a show on Saturday. I have some time, so if, you know if you guys want to just chit chat about anything that pops up in the news and markets, well, let's do it. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy your night, and let's let's hope tomorrow's green. And they, they, don't, they don't have enough ETFs to, to dump on that. So, all right. Thank you, everybody. And love you all. Yeah.